know that they've been redeemed. Lord, that there's a God they can call on, a God they can trust in, a God they can lean on, a God that they can walk with, a God they can have relationship with. God, you are God supreme. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise before you're seated this morning. Had the privilege a few days, a few nights ago rather, to speak on Monday night of our revival service over at Bethlehem Baptist Church. And I, I talked about, give me this mountain. Because I believe this morning that that's something that we all will face in life. And I was sitting there yesterday morning and I was just thinking and praying. And, and I, a verse of scripture that I actually had had for my Friday morning devotion just kind of leaped out at me. And, and I thought about how many times that we face mountains in our lives. I thought about how many times that we face those things that are bigger than we are. I want to tell you this morning, you either have faced, are facing, or will face something in life bigger than you. In fact, I won't say anything probably more profound than that throughout the sermon today, but you either have faced, are facing, or will face things bigger than you are things that you can't handle on your own, things that you're going to need help to get through, uh, things that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I want to tell you this morning, those mountains and those situations come from various, uh, from various places. Some of the biggest mountains that you face in life may be something that's caused by a decision that you made, plans that you had that just went wrong. And now you're facing something bigger than you are and saying, God, how do I get out of this? Your mounting may be something that you did personally. It may be something that you uh, stepped out and did something yourself that's caused this mounting to form in your life. And as that song says, you're haunted by it day and night. But I want to tell you this morning, there's a way to get past that mounting. Your mounting this morning may be something that you had absolutely nothing to do with. It was totally out of your control. It was beyond your, uh, your means of, uh, of even uh, acting in that regard, and yet it's on you. Uh, Jerry, I'll tell you, uh, things like cancer, Sister Faye will tell you, it just comes because it's called life. Life is not fair. Life happens every day. It happens to the good. It happens to the bad. And as this lady here is sitting here this morning, uh, she's already taken her first treatment for cancer. Uh, it's a mounting to overcome this morning. Uh, but I'm glad to tell you, you're not facing it alone. You don't have to face that mounting alone. You know, we believe and we know that we need help. We just need to know how to find the help that we need today. We just need to know where to go. Because I want to tell you, there's very few people that don't like to talk about their mounting. We all like to talk about our mounting. We all like to tell what we're going through. We all like to tell that things has happened that just was just wrong and, and, and I just, just have a tough time dealing with that. I want to tell you, when I think about mountings in my life. I, I think about 
the ones that happened in my case uh, that I had nothing to do with. And I want to tell you, I can sit down and tell that story. Uh, Eddie, it won't be but just a minute. The same fire, the same anger, the same hurt uh, will just boil up in me and it's been 20 years ago. It's been 30 years ago. But it will just become back so fresh. We love to talk about our, our mountains. We love to talk about our stories. We love to share with one another uh, what's going on in our lives. And we do that real well. Uh, the only problem is if the only thing we're going to do is talk about our mountains with one another, uh, the only thing we have is one more that's informed about what we're going through. And I believe this morning that what the Bible says in Mark chapter 11 is true. That we have to learn to speak not about our mountains, but we've got to learn to speak to our mountains. We've got to learn to talk to what we're going through instead of talking about what we're going through. And we talk about it by the name of Jesus. Amen. Mark chapter 11 verse 23 Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. We've got to learn to speak to our mountain with faith and confidence. We've got to be able to speak to our mountain knowing uh, that we're able to accomplish and, uh, and, and overcome whatever it is that is in our path. You know, I talked about Caleb and his mountain that God gave him and, and 45, 45 years he waited on that with faith and confidence knowing that uh, whenever he faced that mountain, the one who gave it to him uh, was able to see him conquer uh, that that he had given him. This morning I want you to know the God that gave you what you're going through right now is able to see you through because we are children of the King. We're not our own. Everywhere we go, I don't represent Don anymore. I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and what He works in my life. It's a reflection of who He is this morning. Hallelujah. I think most of us are able to speak to our mountains. Many of you right now, James, I know you're going through a health mounting. You, Shelby, you're going through a mounting of health, fighting health, and uh, many others sitting across here are going through a mounting of health. Uh, who shared with us this morning about this tragedy that happened. There's a family and there's people going through a mounting of grief. Uh, there are those that are going through other mountains this morning, and we're able to speak to our mountains. It's easy, Mark, for me to say, Nothing is impossible with my God. But then my mounting doesn't happen instantaneously. And it goes a week and nothing's happened. And I'm still facing that mounting. And pretty soon Satan begins to put doubts in our minds and saying, it's never going to change. Nothing's ever going to change. It's always going to be the same but I want to tell you this morning, whenever we believe that there is a power uh, that's greater than anything we're facing, and we speak that into our mounting, we'll see things happen if we just hold faithful to God. I believe this morning the greatest example for all of us of speaking the Word of God into our mountings was Jesus Christ. 
because we have to speak to our mountains. Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. It says that then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many of you believe you're God's children? How many of you believe God ordains your steps? The Bible says in verse 1 that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted. Whenever I read that scripture yesterday morning, I had to just stop and say, God, I, I, I want you to forgive me for all the times that I've complained about what I'm going through. God, I want you to forgive me about all the hard times that I've faced and I've just been a grumbler. I've just been a complainer. I've just looked at him and said, why me? I've just had to ask God to forgive me for that because if we're God's children and God is leading us, God has us today right where he wants us. Do you believe that this morning, that where you are is where God wants you to be? And the reason he wants you to be there is that you have been assigned that mountain for others to gain strength and encouragement as you overcome that mountain you're going through in your life. God will never assign you a mountain you can't conquer. God will never assign you a mountain that through his power working in your life you cannot overcome. What a wonderful thought this morning that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness uh, to be tempted. And as he was there, the Bible says that he was tempted with hunger. Jesus spoke the word of God into that mountain. And he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word uh, that comes from the mouth of God. Just a moment. He was tempted as he was asked to cast himself down from the temple and let the angels catch him. And he said, thou shalt not tempt your God. And then finally, in verse number 10, Jesus tempted by the kingdoms of the world in all of its splendor. Uh, Jesus said, uh, said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus said, That's enough, Satan, out of here. Get out of here. I don't, want you, I don't want you hindering my ministry. I don't want you hindering my goal. I don't want you standing in my way anymore. I came here to earth on a mission, and I'm going to fulfill that mission that's laid out in front of me. I want to tell you this morning, today may be the day that you need to look at Satan and just say, get out of here. You just need to look at Satan and say, I'm not hearing that. I want to tell you, Eddie Greer is with us this morning. Eddie had a little fall, you all know, and we all prayed for him. And I visited him in UAB many times. Eddie doesn't even remember my being there. But we, we went through some tough times, Karen, when they gave us a bad report. And I, I never will forget, I walked in there that morning and, and, and Karen said, the doctor said this, but I'm going to tell you, we're not having it in the name of Jesus. 
We're not having it. I want to tell you, whenever Satan's on your back, you need to look at Satan and say, Satan, I'm not having that. In the name of Jesus, things are going to turn around. In the name of Jesus, things are going to be different in my life. We need to speak to our issues this morning. Verse number 11 said, Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. I want to tell you, whenever you need to know God's still with you, God will send that little angel to come up to minister to you and say, hey, you're not alone. Hey, you're not alone. You've never been alone. I've been right here the whole time. There'll be that pat on the back that says, hey, I'm watching you, and you've been such a blessing to me. There'll be that little encouraging word that says keep fighting the fight because people are paying attention to what you're going through. You know, the three Hebrew children pastor preached about just a little few, few days ago, really, uh, faced their mounting, and it was that fiery furnace. And uh, verse 12 of Daniel chapter 3 said, uh, But there are some Jews who have not uh, set, uh, who, whom you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay not attention to you. Your majesty, they neither worship the image of God you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He said, go get them. Go get them and bring them right here. They've got a, they're going to answer to me. They're going to answer to me about what they're doing. And uh, verse 16 uh, through verse um, 18 says this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. That we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you've set up. He said, I'm going to speak to my problem and say, hey, this mountain that I'm facing, if, even if I'm not able to climb over it, I've still been delivered from your hand. I want you to know that you have no control over me. My faith is in God. He said, I've settled this in my heart because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, Peter faced his mounting out on the sea, the rough waves, Jesus walking by the boat. Jesus looked up. Uh, Peter looked up and didn't recognize him, thought it was a ghost. But in verse 28 and 29 of Matthew chapter 14, he said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Peter spoke to his mounting of fear. He went from seeing ghosts and thinking he was going to die and that this was the end of their lives to being able to just step out and walk on water. And whenever his faith failed, a Jesus was there reaching down for him to take him back to the boat. I want to tell you this morning, the God that you place your hands in is greater than anything life can ever send your way. He's greater than anything life will ever face. Yeah. 
We have to understand this morning, if we never climbed a mountain, we would never know how, God, how big God is. I read a verse of scripture this morning that said in Genesis chapter 18, verse 14, is anything too hard for God? Turn to someone there sitting beside you and just say, is anything too big for God? Is anything too big for God? I want to tell you this morning, nothing is too big for our God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've got to believe God hears our prayer, and that God is able to supply our needs. This morning, we've got to speak to our mountain. Not only do we need to speak to our mountain this morning, we need others to speak to our mountain. We need other people. I've said many times, God created no lone rangers. We all need one another. We all need one another. Whenever I come in here on Sunday morning and I scan across this bunch and I know what many of you are, are going through, whenever you lift that hand and praise God, I think, you know, God, that's all I needed. That's all I needed to be encouraged this morning. That somebody that's going through something bigger than I'm facing today is still praising God and saying, you're on the throne. It's you and it's you alone, God. I love what he said in James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful and effective. I want to tell you what's wrong with churches today. Too often... Confess mountains become rumor mills. Because a lot of people don't know the importance of confidentiality. They don't understand that whenever somebody asks you to pray for them about a specific need, that all they need is your prayers. They don't need you to inform anybody else about that. They just need you to pray. They just need you to pray. That's so important this morning for you to understand that. I want to tell you the greatest compliment anybody could ever pay you as a child of God is to come to you and say, Brother Mark, would you pray for me? That's the greatest compliment anybody would ever pay you is, would you pray for me? Natalie, would you pray with me about this situation? And the last thing we need to do is go to anybody else and say, you know what so-and-so come to me and asked me to pray about? That's the reason a lot of people face mountains alone, church. That's the reason that so many people are fighting their battles alone. And the other reason is that Satan talks to you and puts these thoughts in your head and say, boy, if you tell them about that, they'll never think the same about you. If you share that with them, they'll always look down on you. 
They'll always remember what you've told them if you share that with them. Well, I want to tell you this morning, I've stood behind this pulpit and told you guys some of the most embarrassing things I've ever went through in life. The greatest embarrassment in my, in, in my being a parent is having children that failed in life. But I've stood right here and said, folks, I can't handle this by myself. I need you. I need you. I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for my children. I need you to stand with me this morning. And it's the greatest compliment that I could ever pay you is that I believe your prayers reach the throne of God. I believe your prayers reach the throne room of God this morning. Amen. I don't care who you are. I don't care how close to God you think you walk. I don't care how, uh, how righteous and how uh, perfect you think you may live. Every one of us needs somebody that we can confide in. Every one of us needs a person or persons that we can say, hey, buddy, I just blew it. I, I just failed. And I need you to pray for me. I need you to just petition the throne room of God because I'm not going to carry this by myself. I need your help in praying for what I'm going through right now. We need others to speak to our mounting people of faith who will petition the throne of God. You know, Lazarus was lying on his bed dying. And he needed somebody to speak to his mounting. I love what he said in John chapter 11, verse 3. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Lazarus was too sick to go for himself. Mary and Martha did not go, but they sent a messenger to Jesus. Now let me show you something else in this verse of Scripture right here. Who did it say that messenger was? Didn't say, did it? Don't have a name, did it? You see, whenever you petition God for someone else, it's not about you. I want to tell you, I can lay hands on somebody and they're healed. It had nothing to do with me. I prayed with people who were going through mountains and God worked miracles in those areas, but I want to tell you it had nothing to do with me. It had to do all with the power of the God we serve this morning. Amen? I want prayer warriors who will pray for me, who their only interest is touching God. Their only interest is touching God. The person who calls your name in prayer and the person who calls your name in a prayer request is one of the best friends you've got on earth. It's one of the best friends, Jerry. I mean, I've looked at those likes and those comments and those prayers this week and, and I've seen a number of people. But can I tell you, church, I don't care if you're here this morning and you don't know a soul. 
sitting around you today are people who are willing to speak to your mountain or willing to speak to God on your on your behalf. They're willing to pray for you. They're willing to uh, petition the throne room of God. They're willing to lift you up in prayer. I love it this morning whenever people get out of a, out of a chair and, or, and come down and kneel in an altar and they don't hit that altar until somebody is there beside them saying, oh, what can I pray for? Oh, what, can I, what are your needs this morning? I'm here for you. I want to pray for you this morning. Best friend you got in this world. The best friend you've got in this world is that one who will kneel beside you and pray because they're difference makers. They're difference makers in life this morning as those that are willing to petition the throne room of God on your behalf. There's been a lot of difference makers in my life today. In fact, I can tell you I probably wouldn't be where I am this morning if it wasn't for the difference makers that I've had along the way this morning. A lot of people, I think of the story of that little boy. I don't even remember whether I read this story or whether another pastor shared this story about the little boy who had the new sandbox. His dad had built him a sandbox and put sand in it, and he was in there digging with his toys, and he, and he hit a rock. And he got to digging around that rock, and finally with his feet and his hands, he was able to roll that rock over and, and get, it into, uh, get it on top of the sand. And he rolled it and pushed it to the side of the sandbox. And uh, he would bend down and he would try with all of his might to lift that rock over the side. Every time he'd get it right where he thought it was going to go over, it would slip and fall. And he would reach and get it again. And one time it would mash his toe. And the next time it would mash his fingers. But he could never get it over the side of that sandbox. And so finally that last effort he said, I've got this thing. I've got it right to the top. And as he was ready to push it over, it slipped again and right onto his toes. And he just screamed out. And as he was screaming there and the rock laying there, all of a sudden, a big old shadow over, overshadowed him. And it was his father who had been watching from the porch. He said, son, why didn't you use all of your energy to get that rock, all of your strength to get that rock out of that box? He said, daddy, I did. He said, no, son, you didn't. You never ask me. And his dad just reached down, picked up the rock, and laid it out of the sandbox. That's what other people do when they speak to your mountings. You see, you can fight, you can struggle, you can think you've got this, you can think you've almost overcome, and all of a sudden it falls right back into your lap. But whenever you call out to another person and you begin to share with them and they come alongside you and they just lift that thing up and they cast it over and you're able to celebrate victory because of the strength that they had by speaking to God this morning. It's a powerful tool to have prayer warriors calling out your name, calling out your need to God this morning. John chapter 4, verse 46 through 50. Jesus is going back to a place he's been before. And there, uh, there's, a, there's an official there uh, that has a child. And it says, after the two days he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet was not 
has not honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. One more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official who had son lay sick in Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and to heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my son dies. Verse 50 said, Jesus replied, Your son will live. The man took his word and departed. Parents, there are some of you today who have children wandering in areas that you would love to see them out of. You have children that are in situations that you would like to see changed. I want to tell you, the greatest thing you can do for them is speak to their mounting to God. Carry their mounting to God. This father said, my son is dying. He's at home. He's not able to help himself. He's just about gone. And would you come down and heal him before he dies? Jesus said, go. Just go. Whenever the man got home, he found out that the moment he spoke to that child's mounting, that that child was healed. Not whenever he got home to see him, but the moment he petitioned God this morning, he was healed. But the greatest of all mountings was the mountain Jesus spoke to whenever he spoke to Calvary. His earthly ministry was coming to an end. All the diseased had been healed. The lame had been made to walk. The blind had been touched and they were able to see. Even the dead had been raised. And Jesus had gathered with his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is what he said. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. Going a little farther. He fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus mounting was not eating the last supper with his disciples. His mounting was not having to say to one of his disciples that tonight you're going to betray me. 
It was not turning to Peter and saying, Peter, before daylight, you're going to deny me three times. His mounting was the cross. Dying for the sins of the world. He talked to his mounting. He said, God, if this is your will, I'm willing to do this. And he conquered that mounting. And this morning, because Jesus spoke to his mounting, he has directed all of us to speak to our mounting. Just a short while ago, just a short while ago, Cindy Fox was going through a time of sickness. And I asked her, I can't even count the number of times. I said, Cindy, how you doing? Your reply was? I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. He said, if we stay to that mountain, go. Get out of here. And don't doubt it. And believe it's going to come to pass that we're going to see that mountain moved in our lives. How many of you believe that this morning? Stand with me this morning. Justin, if you'll come. Your mounting this morning may be something that nobody else knows about. Your mounting may be something that's widely known by everyone. But it's still your mounting. It's your mounting. It's what we're fighting, what we're battling, what we're up against, what we're not able to handle on our own. This morning, I want you to know that God is here today to help you conquer that mounting. God is here for you to help you conquer the mounting that you're going through. Jerry Bowman asked me before service today, said, I want to come. I want to dedicate my life, rededicate my life to God this morning. Going, going through a battle, facing a mounting this morning. Uh, facing that uh, causes us to stop and examine our own lives and say, God, I want to be as close to you as I can be. I want to be as close to you as I can be. So what I'd like for you to do this morning is across this congregation, would you just step out into the aisle? You may have a mounting or the person beside you may have a mounting in their life. And I'd like for us to just come this morning and have a closing prayer uh, today. And let's just ask God to deal with our mountings, to deal with those things that we're facing in life, to make us sensitive to those that come to us and ask us, uh, Brother Ford, if you'll go down and pray with Jerry this morning, specifically Sam, if you'll pray with Mark, would you pray with Jerry also this morning? Um, tell you what I'm going to ask you to do whenever you get here today. If you're facing a mounting in your life, would you just slip your hand up? Amen. If you're facing a mounting in your life, would you just slip your hand up? If you're standing around one of those people, would you just reach and lay your hand on them this morning and let's pray together. Let's pray together. There's, there's power in teamwork, people. There's power in petitioning God as one over those needs that are standing right around you this morning. Just begin to pray one for another right there and uh, speak to their mounting. Speak to that that they're going through. Whether It doesn't matter whether you're aware or not. Just speak to that mounting and ask God uh, to minister in their lives, to touch them this morning. Sing that high on the mounting this morning.
Yes, God. Whether we're on top of the mountain or whether we're in the deepest valley, we can proclaim the name of Jesus, that He is worthy. He's conquered. He's able. He's above everything else and bigger than anything else life sends your way this morning. Amen. I love that this morning. Yes. He'll turn that frown upside down and put a smile whenever we conquer the mountain that we're going through this morning. He is wonderful this morning. You know, this morning I was standing at the front door and Brother Jennings walked in and I said, Brother Jennings, how does 90 years old feel? He said, feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. But I look across here this morning and I see young people standing in an altar. I want to tell you, look around you where you are. There's warriors that have been fighting this battle a long time, people. It's worth fighting. It's worth fighting. And I tell you what I want you to do this week. I want you to band together. I want you to find a time. If you just got a 30-second, 15-second break, in the morning around 10 o'clock, we're going to be sending some information. We need God to help us, church. We need God to help us. So at 10 a.m. in the morning, I want you to put it on your calendar, whatever you got to do. Take just a moment and say, God, help us face this mountain. Speak to that mountain. And I want to tell you that God, God doesn't play games. God doesn't say something just to be saying it. If he tells us he's going to do that, God's going to do that. God will do that this morning. Hand in hand. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, just say, God, I speak to that mountain. I need victory. I need victory. And God's going to grant that victory. Amen. If you get about, um, about 20 more minutes, you can say a prayer and say, help Pastor Irwin. <laughs> uh, I love you, church. I want to tell you, I love you, and I, I'm proud of you. And I, I, I tell everybody, I, wherever where I go, you're the lovingest people I've ever met in my life. Eddie's standing right here, Karen, because we didn't receive those bad reports. You're standing right here, Faye, because we didn't listen to what the naysayers might tell us. We're standing here today, Doug and Saletta, because in the time of tragedy, there were other people that spoke to your mountain and strengthened you, and you found strength in a moment of tragedy this morning. I want to tell you, the God that we serve says if we call out on His name and believe it's going to be done. Two or three gathered in my name, I'm there. Two or three, gather in my name, agree on any one thing, it shall be done. He's a shall be God. He's a shall be God. Amen. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When do you go back for your next treatment?
July the 24th. July the 24th. Some of you put that down on your calendar and say on July the 24th, we're going to speak to that mounting that this treatment is going to be effective. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there's people over here that don't have a clue who these are over here. There's people here that don't know who they are back here. But I want to tell you, whenever you call their name and say, hey, remember that request, your prayer makes a difference. It makes a difference. Amen. God bless you this morning. I always challenge you. Go brighten the dark corner of a lost world with the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that will make a difference this morning. I hope Pastor plays in the Sunny King forever because I love preaching on this Sunday. Amen. Love you. God bless you. Be careful. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. Show God everywhere you go. Amen. God bless you today.